afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another live episode of Looking Up. I'm your host, Charissa, and today I'm joined by my husband, Justin. Hello, hello. <laughs> Good to have you here, Justin. Good to be back. And um, pa- um, Pastor Danny is not here today because he is hiking somewhere. He told us that he is going to be listening on his hike. So <laughs> a special welcome to you, Pastor Danny, and everyone else who's joining us. And of course, our wonderful producer, Shell, who's going to be up for a challenge with the song selections today when you'll see why in a few moments. And so uh, before we go any further in this program of Looking Up, just want to remind you how you can contact us here in the studio if you have a comment or a question. And soon we'll be sharing with you a special free offer that's, well, it's a prize really because we're giving it to the first or the third person to call or text us with the code word that will be released sooner or closer to the end of the program. But you can contact us here at Faith FM on 0491 064 You can also go to our website to see any past programs or um, to hear them rather. And uh, that's Faith FM. And actually, I'm really excited because you you can also get the app, and there on the app, everything is uploaded there as a podcast. Hmm. And uh, so, yeah, you can go there and see all the episodes that we've uh, done together in the past. So um, I'm really excited to have you here, Justin. Have you had a good week? Yes, it's <laughs> been a great week. It'll be similar to my week. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, we were not here the last two weeks, hmm. um, but we were away on a vacation. The South Coast. Beautiful. Yes. South Coast, New South Wales. Didn't realize what a gorgeous place it is. Really incredible. Yes. We were very blessed to escape the lockdown. Mm. And uh, we will be sharing with you a subject that uh, I guess you were mulling over on our holiday and you've done a <laughs> bit of um, research. Do you want to give our listeners just a teaser very quickly? Yes. Well, Lyle actually inspired this. Uh, June 12 was a religious liberty uh, Sabbath and uh, he was at our church at Hamilton And he shared a message, and in that message, he shared a quote from a book called Education, page 228, that says the principles that led to the French Revolution will one day overtake virtually the whole world. Wow. And we thought, what? Wow, that's incredible. And so we went back and watched a documentary that night, Sharissa and I, from the BBC um, on YouTube. It's free. You can check it out. Um, And just learn some amazing parallels between the French Revolution and what we've been seeing in society in the West, especially in the last year and a half or two years. All right. And so, so we'll be checking out how, yeah, we'll be talking a bit about that, where society's at, and then a prophecy out of Revelation 11. All right. If that didn't whet your appetite, I don't know what will. We're looking forward to an exciting Bible study in a few moments, and we'll share more about our holiday right after this song by Martin Smith. It's called Grace. Enjoy. When you found me here You pulled me close And held me near And I'm a fool But still you love I'll be a fool For the king of love You gave me wings So I could fly Gave me a song to color the sky And all I have is all from you And all I want is all of you 
Martin Grace. Oh, that was Martin Smith singing a song entitled Grace. And you're listening to Looking Up Live with Justin and Sharissa. And Justin, we just shared with our listeners that we were away. We went uh, to the south coast of New South Wales. And uh, mm-hmm. what were the highlights of your holiday away? Uh, you know, the nature, like the landscapes were beautiful. The beaches on in South New South Wales are gorgeous. I couldn't believe the turquoise waters, the beautiful cliffs, Kangaroo Valley and Fitzroy Falls. But... My highlight would have been all of the animals that we got to see. I think I have to agree with you, which uh, we should tell them about those animals. What what animals really 
impressed you? Ah, oh, boy, we saw so many. We saw a wombat. We saw that was alive. <laughs> we saw, I've heard that they're hard to find alive, <laughs> but we saw a wombat. We saw a five foot, like a two meter almost long greenback, like a diamondback python on the beach. Kangaroos on the beach. Whales. We think we they were fink whales. We're pretty sure.、True. Yep.、Um, dolphins. That one day, remember when we were like, ah, we're kind of done. We're ready to go home.、And、that day, we saw dolphins、yes. and the snake on the beach, and we're like, wow, we're so glad we stayed. Um, but I would say the ultimate highlight would have to be the seal and the stingrays that accompanied us all along this like 700 meter boardwalk. One direction, this seal was swimming next to us. You know, it was and, like a puppy、um, dog. It was like the puppy、yeah. dog of the sea. There's a the Mill Bay boardwalk. That's right. It's about 700 meters, I think,、yep. uh, all along, and、uh, beautiful, right next to this clear water in the bay there. And yeah, you're right. This seal just followed us along the boardwalk almost the whole way. And then a stingray. I didn't know they were friendly at all.、Uh, swam with us, just next to us, almost all the way back as well. Just、yeah. so cool.、Yeah. And then you had a highlight there too, didn't I you? I did. I did. When we got back, the I、um, there was a bunch of people hanging around where the water was. Apparently, the seals come there at the end of the day, usually because they know they're going to get a feed from、yep. people who've been fishing. <laughs> And this one seal, we think it was the same one that、mm. followed us along the boardwalk. He came bounding up, and then he stuck his head up out of the water, and,、yep. and we said hi. <laughs> And And uh, yeah, uh, we showed a picture to a friend, and he said, "Why didn't you bend down and scratch his head? Because <laughs> it looks like that's how close he came to、yeah. us." But yeah, I was a bit worried, just that if I did, that I might lose balance, fall into the water, which wouldn't have worried me with the seal. But I just wasn't sure about the stingray. Yes, <laughs> but、uh, a bit unpredictable. <laughs> yeah, it was a really wonderful time, and amazing how refreshing it is just、yes. to get away and come back. But. On that note, we know right now that many of us, or many who are listening,、uh, are not able to get away right、mm. now, and that probably is a good springboard for us to talk about the news.、Mm-hmm. Um, really、uh, difficult times right now in、yeah. Sydney, especially and in, in other parts of the world where there's lockdown.、Uh, the latest, I'm sure you're all very familiar with, with the regular 11 o'clock、mm. updates from our premier. But 97 cases across Sydney today,、wow. and just the latest in the last few,、uh, just the last few hours or so, is in Victoria. They've just announced eight new cases、oh, no. uh, today, and so there's growing concerns about that.、Um, I actually also see here in the news article that I've got in front of me that there was a potential spread from a gathering at the AFL game. So someone、mm. that came to that stadium was infected, and now the, everybody that was in attendance is on high、oh, wow. uh, alert. So not good. No, and、um, Man, our hearts really go out to everyone in the Sydney area. We have family there,、um, friends there, and you know we've been praying for everyone that's in this lockdown.、Um, yeah, just our prayers are with you,、Absolutely. and yeah, we trust that God will carry you guys all through it soon. By God's grace, soon it'll be lifted and things will be back to some semblance of normal. And、uh, regardless of what, when that happens, we just know that these things are all reminders to us that this world is not. Our final home is、That's、it?、Right. Like there is a much better world coming, and I'm really excited about the Bible study that we're going to have together in just a, mo- a few moments because it's going to highlight for us in a very fresh way, a new angle,、um, just how close we are to the end of time and the coming of Jesus.
That's right. And uh, we should probably tell them about another series that's uh, about the end of time. Yes. Do you want to give a plug for that? Sure, absolutely. Tonight, don't miss it, 8 p.m., we're going live. It's Lyle from The Breakfast Show, Sharissa from Looking Up. <laughs> and uh, they will be sharing in a series of 12 presentations called The End of Time. It's live. You can listen here on Faith FM, or you can tune in by going to theend.digital or you can find us on social media, and you can send in your questions, you can share your comments, and Sharissa and Lyle will address those live, and um, yeah, answer those. So I'm thrilled about this series. I'm really looking forward to it. I got a sneak peek last night when we were here testing out the cameras and the equipment, and um, you're not going to want to miss the message this evening and over the next couple weeks. Absolutely. This this series has never been more relevant than right now, and uh, can you give us the website again? Yes, just one more The time? End. Dot digital. Instead of dot com or dot org, it's dot digital. So that's the last bit of it. The end dot digital. All right. And if our listeners can't tune in at 8 p.m. tonight, is there a way for them to catch up? Definitely. All of the messages will be online on the website and you can catch tomorrow night, which uh, is the second message. So it's going Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for four weeks. And so those 12 messages will be stretched out over those four weeks. So uh, be sure to check them out. And you can always catch up on them later by going on the website and uh, finding them there. Yeah, that's so exciting. And probably one of the most exciting parts about this particular series is like this one that you're listening to right now. It's all live mm. and it's inviting your interaction. So you will be able to post in your, submit your questions through the Facebook chat and the YouTube chat and the website even. And uh, Lyle's going to attack those questions mm. in a good way <laughs> with the Bible. Yes. <laughs> but it's going to be exciting. Well, Justin, we were talking on the way here and you shared with me Something uh, that yes. I was so I got really excited about it, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, well, you yeah. all can hear my accent. You can tell that I am American. I happen to be from California, happily living in Australia. I love it here. But um, I don't know how many of you out there actually care at all about basketball <laughs> or play basketball at all. But uh, I was I've been following the lead up to the Olympics in Tokyo, and for the first time in world history. An African country has beat the United States team in an Olympic or pre-Olympic game. Mm. Nigeria just beat the United States. Australia beat the U.S. too, but that doesn't really matter, of course. But, <laughs> yeah, this... Hang on a minute. That's, that's <laughs> and it's not like it was just, you know, the leftovers of some different U.S. teams. There were two all-stars on the starters list, you know. Okay. So these guys are really good basketball players. So I'm actually secretly partly excited that... The United States has legitimate international challengers, and this Olympics will be interesting basketball-wise. All right. Well, that was a happy news update, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> but uh, there is other serious news in the world. Mm, yes, there is. And I'm looking into your eyes trying to remember what the we churches. were talking about. Ah, yes. I thought and we were going to share that a bit later, but yeah. we'll share it now. Yeah. Sadly, uh, as many of you may have heard in Canada there was discovered in British Columbia, that's the westernmost province, the north of Washington state, there was discovered an old, the grounds of an old Catholic school that Native Americans were forced to be into. Um, they weren't only forced into there, there was much abuse that took place, and there was just discovered, I think, 27 or 43, I can't remember the name, but some huge number of unmarked graves of children that were killed in this boarding school, this government-run Catholic boarding school. Mm. And there has been a, a 
drastic reaction in Canada, where the last we knew, a few days ago, when we saw the first news story on it, there were 20 churches, wow. uh, Catholic churches, and I think some Anglican ones, maybe two, that were burned down. Mm. Um, in reaction to, you know, this discovery by people. And, you know, Justin Trudeau, the president or the prime minister of the country, has called on the Pope for an official apology mm -hmm. from the Catholic Church. That's yet to be seen. Um, but the Pope may actually be coming to North America. Actually, to I, I think that's what I read, too. He wants the Pope to come onto Canadian soil and apologize. There you go. Yeah. And if he did, it would be pretty historic, pretty huge, and we could expect, you know, just a hop and a skip and a jump from the United States. He'd probably make the most of his visit and be in the U.S. as well. But um, it remains to be seen if the Pope will respond to that. But keep this in mind. Uh, one of the reasons we're sharing this, not only is it in the news, but it has to do with what we're going to be studying a little bit later. Mm -hmm. This drastic reaction to a church-state system that claims to represent God, but misrepresents him completely. It's not a God, not as a God of love. And people reacting to that and even throwing out the good along with the bad. Wow. Um, I'm looking forward to unpacking the significance of this headline even more in just a few moments when our Bible study starts. Uh, maybe one last uh, thing we can share with our listeners that is, is heralding to us the soon approach of the coming of Jesus. I mean, this show is looking up. It's all mm. about, you know, uh, recognizing the time in which we live and the soon coming of Christ. Mm. And it's actually based, again, I'll just re read it for our listeners on that beautiful verse that we find the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 21. He said, now when these things begin to happen, what things? Well, that's what we're talking about in this new segment. When these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Mm. Right now in South Africa, I've, been, I've got friends who have family and friends there. There is a lot of violence and chaos mm. that seems to have broken out. Many looters, people are being killed. Um, it's, it's Whole towns are being burnt down mm. and mm. Uh, mm. just got a call, a mutual friend of ours this morning. Can we please pray? for South Africa and, and um, for peace to return. But this unrest mm. that's there in South Africa, that's in different parts of the world, the, the meltdown of society, the wars, I'm almost stealing some of Lyle's thunder tonight when he uh, launches into the first episode of the End of Time series. But mm. this is telling us that, hey, this world's not going to go on forever. Mm, that's right. And, I mean, it's really terrible what's happening there our, our friend that texted us earlier was saying that people are going to sleep at night to the sound of screams and gunshots mm. and so please do pray if you're a praying person and even if you're not start praying yes. <laughs> pray for the people there in south africa who are in desperate need uh, of our help amen of god's help amen. and our prayers for god's help then. yes we have so much um to pray for <laughs> and uh if you're listening and you're a bit anxious about what's happening in this world we want you to know that the bible presents great hope mm. and you have great reason to be encouraged when you understand that the what god has promised and what god wants to do in your life as well and maybe you're listening and you're thinking you know what I've never actually studied for myself what the Bible 
Bible says about um, today, and I would really be interested in learning more. We would love to hear from you. Faith FM can connect you with local Faith FM representatives yes. wherever you are, who would wonderfully come and visit with you or give you, um, you know, post material to you, whatever it is you prefer. Just please reach out and contact us because today is the day to study what God mm. says. Now's the time to really acquaint yourself with God's word. Absolutely. And you know, something that um, I recently read in the news, I think it was yesterday as well, is that in Cuba, there are riots taking place. Yes. Uh, the people are protesting. And I think the United States government put out some kind of a brief statement about how they're they're rioting about COVID. But actually, they're saying things and they're chanting that they're they're upset with the communist government and its failings and shortcomings. Hmm. And this just brought to my mind, you know, the not only does it highlight like the inadequacies of communism and socialism, but it also highlights that Jesus' kingdom is the only kingdom that is going to last. Amen. The principles of the kingdom of Christ are perfect. And mm. I can't wait to be in a kingdom, in a place, in a universe, really, where there is no disease. Mm. There's no COVID. There are no lockdowns. <laughs> there's no need for, uh, for that kind of a thing where there's no violence. You don't, we will not need locks on our doors in the mm. New Jerusalem. Um, basically, diseases, natural disasters, all of these things, the wars that we see, the tumult, the violence, the bloodshed, these things will be a thing of the past. And Christ, his kingdom will reign forever. And ever. Amen. And so if uh, you've, you're listening and you're, you're, you're sensing that desire to want to study, uh, to want to explore these themes so that you can learn more about that world that Justin just described to us, uh, we want to hear from you. Call or text us on the studio number here. It's 491 and so we will um, be having an exciting Bible study. We've uh, already hinted to you that uh, we're going to see how history is repeating itself, mm. as the Bible said. Yes. Uh, we won't give away too much right now. <laughs> or should we tell them where we're going? That's Revelation 11. All That's right. where we're going. That, our cover is blown. So, <laughs> so we're going to Revelation chapter 11. Uh, we'll have the song in a moment, um, and then we'll have the news break, and then we will come back, and we will be going to this incredible incredible chapter so you will want to grab a bible if you yes. can if you're not driving yeah. <laughs> grab a bible and if you are driving we will read it here of course yes. and uh, we'll be sharing with you from that so yes we'll look forward to being back with you in just a few moments after this song uh, broken for love's sake you've come to seek and to save those who've lost their way So seek me or I won't be found You've come to keep and sustain Those whom you have named So keep me, oh keep me now When it gets hard you go before me as a shield when it's too late You come behind me and you heal Should my heart break when love's the only way So be it, Lord May I be broken for love's sake 
I will trust and obey more and more each day as you take your place in me. And should I ever fail or stumble in the way, you will help me to my feet. It's hard. You go before me as a shield when it's too late. You come behind me and you heal. Should my heart break, when love's the only way. So be it, Lord. May I be broken for love's sake. It gets hard. You go before me as a shield when it's too late. You come behind me and you heal. Should my heart break when love's the only way? So be it, Lord. May I be broken for. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. This truth. 
Listening to Looking Up with Justin and Sharissa today, and that was a very beautiful song. To live is Christ. Well, we are finally at our Bible study segment, and uh, before we go further, we want to let our listeners know that we have a free prize to give to the first or the second. And the second. Don't we have two? Sorry, yeah. yeah. First oh, and wow. the second. That was a lapse of English uh, moment in my brain. And I actually studied to be an English teacher once. <laughs> yeah, now you know why I'm not an English teacher at the moment. So we have, yes, this prize to give for the first and the second. And uh, caller or texter in her who will have the code word. We haven't given the code word yet, so you need to keep listening and then keep your phones ready to text us on the studio number 0491064669. But this is what you're trying to get. It's a book by Kale Duvall called Ancient Words Present Hope. What the Old Testament teaches us about Revelation, which is a perfect giveaway today. It's the prize because of where we're going next in yes. our Bible study. And also, we wanted to make our local listeners aware of something that's happening in the Hamilton area in Newcastle. It's this a, is really exciting. Oh, I can't right. wait. What's it called, Justin? It's called Optimize Your Brain. Now, it sounds like something I could do with. What, what <laughs> does that mean? Optimize Your Brain is a program that uh, is created by Dr. Neil Nedley, who's excellent at what he does. Um, he's created a depression and anxiety recovery program that's different to this, but he has this um, this course. I think it's six or seven parts long. Six weeks. Six yep. weeks long, yep. once a week. And uh, we'll be meeting for about an hour and a half to two hours to talk about the cutting-edge brain neuroscience, about how to optimize your brain for maximum performance and functionality. Wow. Peak mental performance. Yes. Sounds 
Epic. <laughs> so if you're interested in this, you might want to grab a piece of paper and write this down. It's beginning Tuesday evenings at 6.30 p.m., running through to 8.30 p.m., starting August 10, mm-hmm. and it will complete on the 14th of September. So That's right. uh, where is it located again? The Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. It's on the corner of Lindsay and Steel Streets, just across from Gregson Park. So head to Gregson Park in Hamilton, and uh, the church is right there. It's got the sloped roof. And um, you'll know that you're in the right place. There's also an information session on July 27 at 6.30 p.m. So if you want more info, you're not sure if it's for you, but you're interested, come to that and check it out. Awesome. Well, we should probably say a prayer before we uh, study the Bible, and then I'll let you launch us in. All right. Uh, Shall I open? Go for it. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time. And we just pray that you bless all of our listeners and Justin and I here in the studio as we study together the Bible. May you teach us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So where are we going? Revelation chapter 11. If you have a Bible, please go grab it and uh, open up to the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 11. All right, and I got mine here. So uh, Revelation chapter 11, verse... We'll start in verse 3, and uh, our passage we'll be studying will be verses 3 to 13. All right, let's read it. It says, And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy one... 1,260 days in sack, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire when they finish their testimony the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them overcome them and kill them all right and we'll hopefully tackle the rest of it but that that should be good to launch us into this study so why did we come to this chapter yeah good question well two primary reasons when it comes to bible prophecy predictive prophecy god has given it to us in order to establish our faith that the Bible is his inspired word. Mm -hmm. So he tells us ahead of time what's going to happen in the future. And then after those things have happened, we can look back at history and compare side by side history with Bible prophecy and say, wow, God knows the future. And he told us ahead of time exactly what would happen in the Bible. So the Bible then is trustworthy. So the first goal of today and us studying this is to inspire you to know that the Bible is trustworthy as the inspired word of God. Amen. Secondly, all prophecy centers in Jesus Christ. Mm. And so we're going to see how this prophecy points us to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and can strengthen our faith in him. I'm glad you said that because many people get scared of the book of Revelation and yet it's like the fifth gospel. I mean, Revelation 1 1 tells us that the revelation of Jesus Christ. So obviously Jesus thinks it's important for us to know what's in this chapter. Absolutely. All right. Well, where to now? So we're going to look at the symbolism together. But um, before that, I just wanted to share a story. I'll never forget. It was in 1998. My dad had listened to the third or fourth voice message from what sounded like a scammer. And he said, sweetheart, said to my mom, 
I think you should listen to this. <laughs> and so she listened to what sounded like a scam, but upon calling them back, she actually learned that through shopping at the local grocery store a few times in one week, she had been entered into a sweepstakes with Danin. Danin does like yogurt and, and bottled water over in America. I don't know. I haven't seen yeah, it really here in Australia. Danin, um, entered her into this sweepstakes and she had won two all expense paid tickets. To the quarterfinal game of the World Cup in France. Wow. And it was real. It <laughs> wasn't a scam. She, she called. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, the other, the other uh, prize was like winning a VW bug or something. It's oh, wow. like, this is 1998. Okay. Yeah. So, and it was 97 before we went in 98. So I have awesome parents. Uh, instead of just being like, okay, Justin, stay with your aunt and uncle for, you know, three weeks and we're going to go. They said, we're going to buy you a ticket and we're going to go together. And so I got to go to France. Wow. Before we knew it, we were flying to France and <laughs> Paris. And it was awesome. I mean, I've never, I had never been so far away from home before in my life. In fact, that was the first time I'd ever been outside of my own country in America. Mm -hmm. And it was such an amazing time. We went to the Arc de Triomphe and we <laughs> went up the Eiffel Tower and the Palace of Versailles and we saw the, the cathedral at Notre Dame. And best of all, we had backstage passes to this game. Now, these tickets would have been thousands of dollars. It wasn't the final, but still, it was a quarterfinal game. So the third to the last game. Mm -hmm. And Italy was playing France. And we had tickets to sit in seats. We are, my dad and I went because my mom said, you care a lot more about soccer than I do. So we went and we were five rows from the field. Wow. On the side. It was amazing. <laughs> I remember even at one point, the ball got kicked out of bounds and it bounced and flew over to where we were. I reached up and caught it. And I like held on to it to keep it. And my dad said, no, no, you have to throw it back. And I was like, what? Because in baseball games in America, you get to keep the ball if it, you know, uh -huh. you catch it out of bounds. And I was like, what? Really? Do I have to? He's like, yeah, yeah, quick. They're wanting to play, you know? So uh -huh. I threw the ball back. Um, but what an awesome experience we had. It was incredible. Mm. And as we walked the streets of Paris, you know, considered the most beautiful city in the world by some, Little did I know what had happened there just 200 years before. Mm. And, you know, 200 years is really not all that long in the grand scheme of things. It's like two lifetimes. Apart. That's right. In fact, my grandmother, who just passed away, sadly, four weeks ago, she was 99. And her mother lived to be 95. And you put their lifespans together. You've almost got two centuries right there in yeah. two lives. So true. And... um I just bring this up to, to point out that it's really not that long when you stop to think about it, 200 years ago. So you're and saying that what we're about to study that happened about 200 years ago was predicted in the Bible. Yeah, we're getting there, definitely. It, it's, it really, hundreds of years before. That's right. 1,700 years before, it was predicted in the Bible, but 200 years ago, something took place, and little did I realize as a 12-year-old boy, and my parents as well, that as we enjoyed the sights and sounds of Paris, that... Just 200 years before, some of the very streets that we were walking on had blood running down the gutters and the heads of humans rolling after guillotines had dropped. Yeah, look, I hadn't really 
studied much into the the history of the French Revolution until just recently when mm. you know you shared that Lyle from the Breakfast Show he he shared this quote in a presentation that we both heard and and then you know we went home and we've done some research and it's a dark time yes, in history absolutely um, why do you think God why do you think this is included like what's God's purpose in this yeah great question and I think as we go along people will kind of very clearly see why God would include this in the Bible. One is to to tell and to warn ahead of time the things that uh, were to come to pass, okay. but to inspire faith in those uh, who, yeah, to inspire faith in those who would want to know, is the Bible really the inspired word of God? That's something. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, e- eventually, um, the principles that led to the French Revolution will be carried out on a global scale. And you're going to prove worldwide. that from the Bible. We're going to show you from okay. the Bible later on. Hold on to that thought. And the question for us today is, the right or the wrong? Which side of repeating history will we find ourselves on? All right. So through the study of God's Word and this prophecy and comparing it to history together, mm-hmm. we're going to gather pr- principles to know how we can be on the right side of repeating history, on God's side of Amen. history. Amen. Well, now I'm ready to unpack the symbolism. <laughs> All right, let's dive in. So back, I guess, in uh, chapter 11, verse 3 is where we began reading, and yes. I'll just read it again. I, and I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. Yes, two witnesses. Who are the two witnesses? That's the first question that we are going to answer together. Who in the world are these two witnesses? Um, first of all, before we get to that question, what is the 1260 years? We're going to pause mm-hmm. just to dive into this. I think you and Danny have covered it in previous shows, Sharissa. We have. It's but, a time prophecy, obviously, but it's prophetic time. And we know from the Bible that in Bible prophecy, one day equals a literal year one prophetic day is one literal year that's right Correct. So, so this time period is actually mentioned in seven different verses in the bible it's called 42 months it's yes. called 1260 days time and, times and, half and it's time. also called time times and half a time this was the period of the dark ages started in the year 538 and it ended in the year 1798 when the pope was captured by general berthier napoleon bonaparte's uh, general, he mm-hmm. captured the Pope and the Pope died in captivity. But we'll get there. Yes. This is this prophecy, this time period. Okay, so the two witnesses prophesy. Let's list kind of the, the points that the Bible gives us, the descriptions it gives us of these two witnesses. Mm-hmm. And thereby we can deduce who these two witnesses are. Um, they, first of all, verse three says they prophesy for 1260 years. Yeah. So we Clothes kn- in sackcloth. That's right. We know from that they can't be human beings. That's right. Right? No it, human being could live 1260 that's years. That's exactly right. And um, the only human beings that are alive, were alive for that time period, are in heaven. Mm-hmm. And they weren't on earth prophesying. All right. Next, in verse 4, um, ah, should we... Just pause. Yeah, we'll read a few more verses, but there's another, there's another thing about this term witnesses. It's found in multiple places. Maybe we'll share it a little bit later because it kind of yeah, gives it away. We should hold it. So, all right, verse four. What does verse four say? Verse four says, these are the two olive trees 
and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. All right, so there's another descriptor of these two witnesses. Olive right? trees, lampstands. Olive trees and two lampstands. All right, now verse 5. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. Okay, so the next point that we draw is that the Bible gives us, the descriptor is that anyone who tries to harm these two witnesses... They're, devo- they're destroyed by fire. Mm-hmm. Okay? They're devoured mm-hmm. by fire. All right, number six. Verse six has the last of the four descriptors that we see here. All right. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. This is bringing to mind a story, but I'll keep reading. Yes. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. Yes. Okay, so the last descriptor of these two witnesses is that what they prophesy happens. And they also have power to strike the earth with plagues. Mm -hmm. So these are these descriptors. All right, so let's kind of piece these together and determine what the Bible is telling us these two witnesses in this prophecy are. Mm-hmm. Foundational. Were you going to say something? I was just the, the power to shut heaven reminded me of the days of Elijah. Yes, that's absolutely right. Yes. Um, so back up to verse 3. It's uh-huh. uh, the Dark Ages. The 1260-year period that these witnesses prophesied for means that they cannot be human beings. Okay. Number 4. Uh, verse 4 tells us that they are also called um, the two olive trees and the two lampstands. This is a reference back to Zechariah 4. Oh. In Zechariah chapter 4, there are two olive trees uh, that are talked about here. But I think we'll have to hit the pause button. We're going to have to hold this thought, folks, because this is so exciting. We're going to come back to it in just a moment. After this song, The Lesser Light Collective, Nobody Laughs. It's a song about the two witnesses. Measure the temple, the altar, the door The worshippers bowing, but leave out the court The nations will trample, it's forty-two months Bathe in the tears of the worshipping ones Bathe in the tears of the worshipping ones Olive trees, lamps, dance, bearing the story the beast ends their lives they die at the hand of this beast from the pit and egypt and sodom take pleasure in it and egypt and sodom take pleasure in it but nobody loves when god's very breath brings those two witnesses back from the dead nobody loves about crumbling walls when the city falls nobody laughs at a powerful god every knee will bow i just pray from the depths of my heart that no one is laughing given to them they both reach their hearts out then come to their end but three and a half years later they stand earthquake and terror come over the land earthquake and terror come over the land 
But nobody laughs when God's very breath brings those two witnesses back from the dead. Nobody laughs about crumbling walls when the city falls. Nobody laughs at a powerful God. Every knee will bow. I just pray from the Light Collective, nobody is laughing. What a song! Mm, powerful. Thank you, Shell. <laughs> she found a song on Revelation chapter eleven. That's amazing. You're listening to Looking Up with Justin and Sharissa. And again, just a reminder: we haven't yet given the code word for today's uh, free offer. No, it's not a free offer. It's a prize. Get it right, Sharissa. So the prize is going to the first and the second person to call or text us. And uh, just so you can have the number ready on hand, it's zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And the pro- prize is Ancient Words, Present Hope by Kale Duvall. Wow, it's all about revelation there. So it's very appropriate for what we're studying. Mm. And actually, if you're listening, you you will want to be tuning in at 8 p.m. tonight. Yes. Uh, as the end of time series, we'll also be delving into themes that uh, we're discussing, but also the Bible raises in revelation as well. So mm. don't miss it, the end.digital. But Justin, you were telling us about the olive trees. We're talking about the two witnesses, Revelation chapter 11. Yes. We're so the, we're, the question we're answering together from Revelation chapter 11 is who are the two witnesses? We see they prophesied for a 1,260 year period of time in the dark ages, so they can't be human beings. Um, next, verse 4 from Revelation 11 says that it also calls them uh, two olive trees and two lampstands. Well, you know, the olive trees is a reference back to Zechariah chapter 4, and the lampstands, um, that is a, a, a reference back to the many places in the Bible, like Psalm 119. Um, that call God's word a lamp and a light. Mm-hmm. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. And then Psalm, that same chapter, verse 130 says, The entrance of your words give light. Beautiful. So there's this connection between the lampstands and the word of God. And that probably explains, too, why it talks about how um, they have the power to shut up heaven because it was Elijah, I'm just thinking, 
um, he, and he said that there would be no rain for three and a half years. He yes. Was, and actually, we're getting there in a minute, but some okay. people say, well, hey, are the two witnesses Moses and Elijah? Because that's an obvious, uh-huh. you know, reference to those, to the things that happened in Elijah and Moses' ministry, right? But we're about to get there. The next, in verse five, it says that whoever destroys them, is or whoever attacks them or tries to harm these two witnesses is destroyed by fire. Mm-hmm. Does the Bible say anywhere that those who pit yes. themselves against God and His Word will be destroyed by fire? Yeah, I believe that's all found in Revelation chapter 20. That's exactly right. It says fire falls down from God out of heaven and will devour Satan and his angels and those who have attacked God's Word and rejected His pleas uh, and His mercies and His goodness. This will, of course, break the heart of God. Uh, but as a God who respects our freedom of choice, this is the most loving and compassionate thing that he can do to those who have chosen to reject him and reject his word. Mm-hmm. Now, verse 6 says that um, what these two witnesses prophesy happens. And it actually says, as you pointed out, Sharissa, a reference to Elijah's ministry and what happened there, that these have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the day of their prophecy. That was Elijah's ministry back in 1 Kings chapter 17. Elijah prophesied to King Ahab there would not rain until his word, until he spoke that it would, on behalf of God, of course, as a prophet, and it didn't rain. Now, him, and of course, then it says, they also have power to turn waters to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues. So it also references Moses, because mm-hmm. he's the one that God used to turn the, the Nile River to blood, right, in Egypt? God's word through Moses. Exactly. Now, some people say, well, this must be Elijah and Moses, who the Bible tells us are both in heaven right now. They can't be people because it's got to go for 1,260 years. And they, they were alive for that time, spirit, time span in heaven, but they weren't on earth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so this can't be Moses and Elijah. And if we go to Moses and Elijah in their stories, we find something very similar. And that is that in Moses' story, constantly, and I'll read you, You know, uh, Moses' first encounter with Pharaoh, in verse 1 of Exodus 5, it says, Afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel. And repeatedly through the story of Moses, and even in the example of him turning, you know, God using him to turn the the Nile to blood, uh, in chapter 7, repeatedly it was, Thus says the Lord. God says this. God says this. It was all about the word of God. And it's actually interesting because that same phrase, the Lord, the word of the Lord came to Elijah over and over again. I've actually highlighted it in my Bible. Really? (laughs) Every time that God's word says that. Uh, so they have, frequently, that's right. They have the same thing. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. So their stories were all about the power and the, of the word of God. Yes. They had no power in their own words, but it was the power of the word of God. So we piece all of this together. And uh, we see that the two witnesses are none other than, drumroll please, <laughs> the Word of God in the Old and New Testament. Amen. I just love Bible prophecy. It's like putting a puzzle together. You get the yeah. clues, you, you follow them, and you put them all together, and it just brings you the picture. Absolutely. So, and two witnesses are the two testaments. Yes, that's right. The Old Testament, the New Testament, and... Two witnesses. Testament is like a witness. Yeah. That's exactly right. Testament Witnesses testify, right? Yes. That's what testaments are. And um, Jesus actually said, and this is echoed elsewhere, Jesus said in John 5.39 to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures, because in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they which testify of me. Mm-hmm. That's what witnesses do. They testify. And so even Jesus said, the word of God is uh, a witness. And so just to highlight this, before we move on, this is not something that is 
unique to the Seventh day Adventist Church. Um, years before, well, I should say these days it is somewhat. Uh, but but back in the day, this Seventh-day Adventists did not originate this understanding of Revelation chapter 11. Listen to this quote from a Protestant Christian, John Napier, who was a Scottish physicist and mathematician. He wrote this in the year 1607, okay. 170 years before the French Revolution. He said, in his mercy, the Lord will see that the two witnesses, the Old and the New Testaments, are allowed to preach during the 1260 years, although not in their own garments, but disguised. Very interesting. And he's not the only one. There was another uh, French individual, French Protestant Christian and Bible scholar. In 1641, he published in his book where it says, These two witnesses, the Old and New Testament, may thus be put to death, their volumes exposed to all kinds of abuse, and shamefully trodden down. That's uh, historian Pierre de Launay in his book. And so this idea of the two witnesses being the Old and the New Testament, as we're going to see, as we move on from here, you're going to see it makes perfect sense with the rest of the prophecy. And others picked it even before the prophecies were fulfilled. That's so exciting because predictive prophecy, it's it's faith affirming, isn't it? It helps us know we're on track. It helps us know that uh, we are following God and, and also gives us, God gives us so much evidence on which to base our faith. So I guess we're now up to verse 7 in Revelation chapter 11. That's right. And I'll just read it again. It says, when they finish, now we know who the they is, these two witnesses, uh, when they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. Yes. Ah, there's an antagonist on the <laughs> That's on the right. Scene. So who in the world, what is this beast out of the bottomless pit, the beast out of the abyss? Well, I guess, you know, for our listeners, we've been through the book of Daniel. We're, we're, we finished that um, on this series. And we found, you know, we encountered some beasts as we were going through that. In mm. Daniel chapter 7, four beasts came up out of the sea. And um, for those of you who've been following along with this uh, show, you'll remember that in Bible prophecy, a beast represents a Kingdom. Nation, a kingdom yeah. or a nation. Yeah. So I'm just guessing that if we apply that same principle here, Absolutely. it has to be a kingdom. Absolutely. So the question then is, because let's read verse 8, and it'll give us a few more keys to interpret this and understand it. It says that after the beast from the abyss or the bottomless pit uh, rises, he'll over- make war against these two witnesses, the Old and New Testament, overcome them and kill them. Verse 8 then says, and their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Mm-hmm. So according to Revelation 11, a little before the year 1798, that end of the 1260-year time prophecy, mm-hmm. some power of satanic origin and character would rise to make war upon the Bible. And in the land where the testimony of God's two witnesses would be silenced, there would be seen the characteristics of Egypt and Sodom. So these are the clues that these verses give us. And, you know, as we go on and as we study, we are going to see very, very clearly, even more clearly, and we'll show this to you from the prophecies and from history, that this power that arose at that time was none other than the French Revolution, mm. 1789 to 1798. Yeah, because as we're about to see, this this revolution was a direct attack on the Bible, which is what you just described there. Yes. Uh, the Bible just described there in those verses. So, Okay, so let's um, unpack that then. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm Definitely. excited about this. <laughs> so if, it, if the French Revolution fits both the description and the timing 
of this prophecy in Revelation 11. The question then is, okay, well, if this is the case, did the French Revolution make, or did France make war on the Bible and slay it in its streets? Second question is, did the French Revolution have the characteristics of Sodom and Egypt? Mm -hmm. So the first answer, the first one. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Let's take a look at history together. And, you know, we got really curious about the French Revolution a few weeks ago. We went home um, from church one week and uh, in the evening time, we watched a um, doco on (laughs) yeah the French Revolution. It was done by the BBC. It's for free on on YouTube. YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was fascinating. Just give you a little bit of history, a quick recap on what happened leading up to the French Revolution. So we have King Louis, um, where trouble had been brewing in France for some time. The people had been plunged into poverty by foreign wars. And while many people starved and scraped by, King Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette lived in opulent luxury. So for centuries, the monarchs of France had merely been pawns for the Pope over in Rome. And the priests also lived in luxury and abused their power in every possible way. Religion was little more than ceremony and superstition. And this trouble all soon spilled over into open revolt. Hmm. The first French Republic had been formed September of 1792. And Maximilien Robespierre uh, rose to preeminence in the National Assembly. Now, the revolution began in 1789, but mm-hmm. the first French Republic was formed then. A year, the next year, in 1793, this was over three years after the start of the revolution. Mm -hmm. By this time, thousands had died. The guillotine had been invented just the year before, and public executions had become frequent. Finally, on January 21, King Louis of 1793, King Louis XVI was publicly decapitated by a guillotine. Mm -hmm. This sparked France's reign of terror, which they claimed was putting terror into the hearts of Mm counter-revolutionaries. It lasted a year and a half, and over 16,000 people were executed in Paris and the surrounding provinces, and this ushered in a period of chaos and lawlessness. But here's where it gets fascinating. Go go ahead. Yeah, no, no, go (laughs) ahead. No, no, you go. I've got something to say after that. Ah, (laughs) this is where it gets fascinating. Mm. This, Listen to this, Shirazad. This is what happened. Mm -hmm. In a national assembly in November 24, 1793, they officially voted to ban all religion, including Christianity and the Bible. Mm. But it didn't stop there. They actually burned piles of Bibles in the streets, rejoiced, sang, sent gifts to each other. This is all history. And it's a shocking history. It's actually kind of hard to believe that, you know, 200 years ago, something like this could even happen in our world. But... It did. And uh, I guess it just goes to show, Justin, that when we don't follow God's word and we don't uphold his law and the principles that he set forth in his word, no nation can succeed. That's and right. it, it, it just spirals out. You know, morality um, just goes out the door. Yeah. It breaks, it falls apart. And um, yeah, you get what the French Revolution was. Um, what and else did they get rid of? Not just Bibles, but um, religion. Religion yeah. in general. Um, Everything related to the Bible. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Everything related to the Bible. So the seven-day weekly cycle, they can't be found in the you know astronomy or anywhere except history. Uh, they even threw out the seven-day weekly cycle and tried to put in a 10-day week. Wow. Well, we're going to have to come back to this. This history is fascinating. We've got an exciting song coming. Well, it's called The River of Truth, and you will enjoy it. We'll be back with just a bit more after this. 
myself there on the brink Reached and took in my first drink And I knew I would never be the same For my sickness I had found a cure And one thing I knew for sure It was as pure as the source from which it came On the river I drank for many years And I wondered how it journeyed here And earnestly set out to know its route I found that from the mouth of the river down Upon its banks and all around There was life along this river of truth From the prophets to the ready scribe The steady flow of truth grew wide Blessings from the river mounted high But in time its banks they would neglect Its pure precepts they'd reject Soon they found the river had run dry But what they like the prophets had proclaimed The source of the river came And lived his life among them from his youth The living truth they soon denied Nailed him to a cross and pierced his side But it opened wide a new river Flowing down from heaven's mountain Pure and free When you come to the river It is sure to deliver All you need Streaming down through the ages Springing up from the pages Fresh and new Cost to get it here, the trail of blood and the bitter tears. God, I thank you for this river of truth. From water sweet to a bitter cup, the enemy dammed the river up. For many years, darkness filled the skies. But a faithful few would chip away, hoping for a brighter day, hearing mournful echoes of the martyr's cries. But with William Tyndale's dying breath, before he closed his eyes in death, he prayed, Lord, open the King of England's eyes. The day he prayed for soon would come, when the King's commission work was done, the dam burst forth with eternal words of life. Come and drink from the fountain, flowing down from heaven's mountain, Come to the river, it is sure to deliver all you need. Streaming down through the ages, springing up from the pages, fresh and new. After what it cost to 
get it here The trail of blood and the bitter tears God, I thank you for this river of truth After what it cost to get it here The trail of blood and the bitter tears Let's be faithful to this Beautiful River of Truth. You're listening to Looking Up with Justin and Sharissa. We are in the midst of an epic Bible study on Revelation chapter 11 of all things. We're even talking about the French Revolution. But before we continue that incredible uh, study, we want to remind you there's a prize. And it's going to the first and second. So the first two people to contact us, either call or text our studio on 0491064669 when we give the code word. And that code word has not yet been released but uh, you'll keep listening because uh, we'll share it soon it's an incredible book that's on uh, for the prize today when john the revelator studied the scriptures to learn about jesus and god's plan for our world he read what we know as the old testament and he tried to understand and explain the visions that he received on the island of patmos so that's mm. the book and it's kind of i think feeding into what we're studying uh, today Ancient words, present hope. So, Justin, we were just, uh, we've identified the two witnesses so yes, far. The Old and New Testaments, the Word of God. Yes, and we actually were able to make that um, identification just through piecing Bible text together, That's which right. is beautiful. We let the Bible explain itself. And then we went and we're looking at this beast from the abyss, mm. uh, which beast you identified. Beast from the bottomless pit, yes. So we're looking at... Uh, the identification of that, we said uh, that it's the French Revolution, and uh, we're proving it by looking at history and looking at the descriptors in the passage. We see that uh, this power, for this beast from the bottomless pit, it's a nation or a kingdom of some kind, yep. and it makes war on the Bible, and their dead bodies, it says, the dead bodies of the two witnesses lie in the street of that great city, and that city is called Egypt and Sodom. So Jesus says as well at the end of verse 8 that Jesus was crucified there. Mm -hmm. So these are all, you know, descriptors and keys to unlock who the beast from the bottomless pit is. Um, we are proving here, we are examining things to show that France, does it fit the mold? Does the French Revolution fit the mold? Well, does it arise? Does the French Revolution happen shortly before the end of the 1,260 years in 1798? Yes, it does. Nine years before. And it went all the way until 1798. Did France ever make war on the Bible? We just saw that, yes, their National Assembly officially voted to ban all religion and to ban the Bible. In fact, um, in Blackwood's magazine, November of 17, 1870, it says this, um, France stands apart in the world's history as the single state which by the decree of her legislative assembly pronounced that there was no God hmm. and of which the entire population of the capital and a vast majority elsewhere, women as well as men, danced and sang for joy in accepting the announcement. Wow. Fascinating. Very amazing. The only nation that's actually ever officially declared that in their legislative assembly. That there is no God. The government said that in France. Yeah. That's right. Amazing. And uh, I'm going to share another quote in just a few minutes on it that just blew me away when I read it. Yeah. Um, and you also, so, you know, the, the government and France waged war on the Bible, got rid of them, had them burning in heaps. That's right. Um, 
and you said that we, we were talking about the 10-day week. They replaced the seven-day week right. with the 10-day week. Yeah, they and said, well, a seven-day week is from the Bible. We want to get rid of that. So yeah. they implemented a different calendar, a different wow. system. Um, they about- tried to uh, get rid of marriage, yeah. and they replaced it with civil unions that <laughs> could just be canceled at, the, at a whim if they got upset with each other. Mm, very, very interesting. Um, okay, so did you want to... Maybe I guess we can see that that first characteristic that we were looking for does does this beast power France does it um, you know wage war in the Bible and slay it in its streets and the answer would be yes we could all yeah. put a big giant tick in that checkbox absolutely but what about does the French Revolution have the characteristics of Sodom and Egypt because that was also described here in mm. verse eight so what would yes. you say to that I would say absolutely let's start with Egypt. Um, Egypt was noted for its atheism or its rejection of the existence of the one true God. When Moses came to uh, Pharaoh and uh, he approached him, uh, Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? I I don't know the Lord. Who is Yahweh? I've never heard of that God. No, you can't go. When he said, Yahweh says, let my people go. He says, Who is the Lord? I've never heard of him. And France, in the French Revolution... Uh, basically did this in their legislative assembly. In fact, listen to this. This is I'm shocking. Listening. Listen to what one guy said. Beyond belief almost. Blasphemous and boldness beyond, bold beyond belief. Someone looked up and said, God, if you exist, avenge your injured name. I bid you defiance. You remain silent. You dare not launch your thunders. Who after this will believe in your existence? Wow. Just like Egypt, like Pharaoh of old in Egypt. Who is the Lord? I've never heard of him. Mm. Um, shocking. And it's so similar. And it's a fitting description of Egypt. Yeah. And actually, just, just looking at the text, this, what you're saying would make total sense as an interpretation of this. Because it even says in Revelation chapter 11, verse 8, the great city which spiritually That's is right. called. So there's a spiritual application here. And that That's would right. be a really... Really clear connection. Yeah, um, absolutely. What about uh, Sodom? Yeah, good question. What was Sodom known for? Sodomy. Yes, <laughs> and, and that's right. And lawlessness, <laughs> the breaking of God's law, yeah. but also sexual perversion. Yes. And uh, terrible parenting too. Man, like Lot <laughs> wanted to give his daughters to be just abused by these gentlemen to try to be hospitable to these guests. and Horrific. Thankfully, they weren't. Um, but Sodom, in Sodom, marriage was set aside, um, and yeah, there was an attack on marriage, sexual immorality, and alternate lifestyles. Lifestyles alternate to God's will and to God's word uh, were practiced there in Sodom. Now, was this the case in France? Mm-hmm. Was the time leading up to the French Revolution morally debauched? Was it um, against the, the will and the word of God? Was sexual perversion at an all-time high? Well, there was a man named Marquis, the Marquis de Sade, and he popularized sexual liberation. And interestingly, four years before the start of the French Revolution, in 1785, he wrote a book, and guess what it was called? Oh, you know, you can't answer. <laughs> actually, actually, I can't remember. <laughs> it was called The 120 Days of Sodom. Wow. This and is speaking of France. That's well, it takes place in France. The story, I've not read it. I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole, and I highly recommend nobody read it because Saad himself described it as, I quote, the most impure tale that has ever been told since the world began. Mm. It's absolutely wicked. Mm-hmm. Just about any 
perversion of purity that you can name is okay. is in the book. But it's um mean it's just illustrating for us that this was truly like Sodom. Sodom. Yeah. Um and before the time, you know, the time leading up to the French Revolution, it was truly like Sodom. Amazing. And you know what's, I guess, kind of sad about this? Well, there's a lot of sad things, but even before this time, there had been developments in the, the French Reformation where... That's right, yeah. yeah. And so God had hoped to... Revive France and change it and prevent this terrible revolution from taking place. But yeah, yeah this is, again, just like highlighting when we do not pay attention to what God says, when we turn a blind eye and turn our backs to, to what God is uh, calling us to do and the principles of His Word, God, we, we miss out on the blessing of God and we have no success. Mm. It's just depravity. Yes. That's absolutely right. So... This is the end of verse 8. It says that Sodom and Egypt, spiritually, Sodom and Egypt is what this place was, where also our Lord was crucified. We're going to come back to this, okay. but let's go to verses 9 and 10. you want to read that for us, Sharissa? Sure. Then those, sorry, let me get my Bible here. Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. This is speaking of the two witnesses. That's right. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry and send gifts to one another, because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Yes. So we see here two different groups of people with opposite reactions to the Bible being slain in the streets and being banned in front, right? Yeah. We see here in verse 9, it says there are people from other tribes, nations, tongues, they see the dead bodies and three and a half days um, and they don't allow their bodies to be put into graves. So these are people who respect the Bible and they are wounded and hurt by what they see happening in France. Mm -hmm. Then verse 10 says that some who dwell on the earth, those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. So, there were those, the infidels, uh, were rejoicing, those who rejected God's word. And that's, there's a key word in verse 10. Uh -huh. It says, because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Mm. When we run away from the word of God, when we reject it, when we don't receive the instructions of God, our minds are, torment, are tormented. Our so consciences true. are tormented. So true. Um, I'm reminded of the story of um, John the Baptist and Herodias and yeah. Herod. And uh, John the Baptist was, you know, Herod had taken Herodias as his wife, but it was his brother Philip's wife. That's right. So he was in an adulterous relationship. And John the Baptist came out and he was preaching a, a, against it. And it, the Bible says that Herod heard him gladly. So he was really fascinated with the preaching of uh, John the Baptist. But it's always interesting to me that um, she was convicted by this and she mm. put him in prison. That's right. And then asked for him to be beheaded. So I mm. guess there are only two responses we can really have when we have that conviction. One, we could be tormented and... <laughs> yeah, that's right. We can resist it yep. and just be tormented by the Word of God, or we can surrender yes. and say, God, change my life. Amen. Yeah, and there is me. such a blessing in surrender. Amen. You Absolutely. have to experience it. Absolutely. We receive victory through surrender when it comes to the Word of God. 
Now let's just take a brief look at verse eleven because they talked about a three and a half year period. All right, right. That yes, these two witnesses would be slain. This is another prophetic time moment. Yes. Now verse eleven says, "Now after the three and a half days, sorry. Uh, now after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell upon those who saw them." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So here it says that. The breath, breath from God entered into them. You know what's fascinating? Second, Second Timothy 3 verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And that word is theopneuptos. It means God breathed. Mm-hmm. All scripture is God breathed. So here God is, he gives his breath into his word, the Old and New Testaments, after three and a half days, prophetic days, they and they come back stood to on life. their feet. They come back to life. They have a comeback. Now, um, did this happen in history? Remember, a prophetic day is a literal year. Was there a three and a half year period where the Bible was especially attacked and outlawed? It's the same time period. What was that? Like 1260? Yeah, that's, it's actually, well, the 1260 oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. prophetic yes, days is literal, literal years, okay, but yeah, yeah. this is three and a half uh, prophetic days, oh, which so is literal, literal years. years. Three and a half years. Sorry. Yes, very good. So, I was in prophetic time. <laughs> So, November 24 of 1793, we saw the National Assembly officially voted to make illegal all religion, including the Bible and Christianity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Three and a half years later, in June of 1797, France's ruling government adopted a resolution rescinding these anti-Bible, anti-Christianity decrees, thus granting toleration to the scriptures. Amazing. So, Three and, and this, a half years, exactly. That's right. Three and a half years. So well, it was roughly three. And it was like three years, six months, and 24 days or something. Yeah. Um, but this was incredible. And what's fascinating is something that you mentioned earlier actually took place. The leaders in France saw the reign of terror. They saw the bloodshed. They saw that banning the Bible actually did more harm than it did good. Hmm. And a number who weren't originally part of the group stood up and said, we need to enable people to practice religion if they so choose. So when this happened, three and a half years later, like Revelation 11 predicted, this providential decree took place and it paved the upward way for the Bible and Christianity. Wow, amazing. You know, um, we haven't mentioned one thing, and maybe just before this segment finishes, the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre. Do you want to quickly mention that history? Yes, um, I was hoping to share a quote in a little bit, uh, actually, but when it says in verse 8 that this was a place where our Lord was crucified, obviously, Jesus didn't die more than once. He was crucified once. Romans 6 verse 10 says he was crucified once for all. Mm -hmm. So this cannot be Jesus literally being crucified in this nation of the world, but symbolically. Mm -hmm. When Saul was on the way to Tarsus and he was killing Christians, Saul, who would later become Paul, Jesus appeared to him and he fell on the ground, was blinded by the brightness, and he said, Saul, Saul, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Mm. And he said, you know, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. Paul wasn't persecuting Jesus. He was in heaven, right? He was persecuting his people. Mm -hmm. So Jesus identifies with his people. Mm. So we can expect then... That something would happen to his yes, people in France. There must have in been France. some horrific history of the persecution of Jesus people leading up to this time. All right. Well, you've set the table for when we come back. We're going to go to a break and also the news. And then we will be back with the final segment of our Bible study.
So we're looking forward to that. We're almost yes. there. We're going to see how this is all repeating today. That's right. Can't wait. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. All right, well, um, that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that coming back tonight, the end of time series. We are stepping through Revelation chapter 11 in this Bible study, and want to give our plug for our uh, listeners, I think we should give them the keyword now, yes. the code word. Let's make it easy. Okay. Maybe R-E-V. <laughs> Revelation, the revolution in Revelation is the title of our study today. So let's just make it easy. No typos, just R-E-V. Oh, that's really easy. That's never been an easier code than that, everyone. <laughs> Rev. So um, if you want to call or text us to claim the free offer that we've been plugging, it's 0491-064-669. It's the prize, and it's going to the first person or the second person who contacts us right now. Again, the book that is uh, yours, if you're the first or the second, is Ancient Words, Present Hope, a book by Cale Duvall, and he's unpacking uh, revelation and understanding uh understanding some of the themes even that we've been talking about in this program so the number 0491064669 code word rev rev all right so justin before we went to that break we were unpacking what verse 8 talks about where it says where our lord was crucified in this um, understanding of bible prophecy so yeah you made a good point that um we would expect to see that at some point in the history of France, God's people were attacked just as when mm. Saul was on the road to Damascus and Jesus appeared to him and he said, why are you persecuting me? Mm, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And we see that it happened absolutely through the dark ages. But um, the highlight of probably the worst of the worst of the slaughter of of um, Protestant Christians in France and those who didn't want to bend to the medieval church mm-hmm. uh, was the St. Bartholomew's Massacre. just want to read for you from a historian on this. And by the way, uh, this can be found in a book called The Great Controversy. A lot of the quotes I've been sharing are from there. Some are from elsewhere. Um, but The Great Controversy, if you don't have a copy, um, you can find it online. It's chapter 14. is on the French Revolution. Secondly, search Google for... Um, the two witnesses in prophecy, I believe it is. Yeah, the two witnesses in prophecy. I'm not going to try to spell his last, last name for you, but just put Jean, J-E-A-N. And there's a three-part series in Ministry Magazine. That's the two witnesses in prophecy, Jean, J-E-A-N. And it'll pop up as one of the findings. Ministry Magazine, powerful quotes there. Here is one of them. It's um, from a man named uh, Samuel Smiles in his book, The Huguenots. And it says this, firing was now heard in every quarter throughout Paris. This is the uh, St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre. The houses of Huguenots, which had long been marked, were broken into, and men, women, and children were sabered or shot down. The fugitives were slaughtered in the streets. Corpses blocked the doorways. Mutilated bodies lay in every lane and passage, Hmm. and thousands were cast into the Seine River, then swollen by a flood. These dreadful events in the capital were almost immediately followed by similar deeds all over France. Wow, that's shocking. Just horrific, absolutely Mm. horrific. And sadly, 
the church of the day, since it was not only a religious institution, but a political one, saw this as a political victory. And historian Henry White in 1868 wrote these words, and you can find this on uh, Wikipedia. He said, when the news of the massacre reached Rome, the exaltation among the clergy knew no bounds. The Cardinal of Lorraine was rewarded, uh, rewarded the messenger with a thousand crowns. Um, you know, St. Angelo, the canon of St. Angelo thundered a joyous salute. Bells rang out. Bonfires turned the night into day. And Gregory the Thirteenth, attended by the cardinals of and the other ecclesiastical dignitaries, went in a long procession to the Church of St. Louis, where the cardinal chanted a te deum. A medal was struck commemorating the massacre. And in the Vatican, you can still see to this day uh, three frescoes of Vasari um, mm-hmm. celebrating this and Pope Gregory... Uh, sent King Charles a golden rose, basically thanking him and congratulating him on this terrible slaughter. Wow, you can see how the events of this uh, massacre in 1572, where the blood of 30,000 Protestants ran in the streets of France, you can see how that gave birth to the French Revolution as a reaction Mm, uh, to this. So I guess, um, is there anything else you want to say on this Uh, before we bring it home? Just on that note, you know, you may have been through something in your life that was horrific. Maybe some you've been a victim of some terrible crime that you didn't ask for, that you didn't deserve. And you may have asked, God, where were you in this? Why didn't you make things right? Why haven't you brought justice? And if that's you today, I just want to encourage you to know that the day is coming when God will. Amen. When every wrong will be made right. When those perpetrators who think they got off scot-free will stand before the judge of all of the earth. And also know today that what hurts you hurts him. Whatever hurts you hurts God's heart as well. Amen. Well, Justin, um, that's a beautiful reminder there. But uh, we're studying this, and yes, this is all history, but we're studying this because we see in Bible prophecy that history will repeat itself. And can you show us from the Bible where we get that? Absolutely, yeah. So these principles that led to the French Revolution, we shared a a quote earlier. We shared about a quote that said, these will take place uh, all across the world at the end of time. So the question is, does the Bible actually say the principles that led to the French Revolution will be played out on a global scale? The answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Luke chapter 17, verse 28. And Sharissa, you want to read verses 28 29 and 30 for us, please. Sure. Jesus said, Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. All right. So there Jesus says, he just finished talking about how as it was in the days of Noah, Mm -hmm. so will it be. In the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Before Jesus returns, the principles before the flood would be worldwide. And then here, he says, likewise, as it was also in 